Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. I want you all to know that I am on top of the student loan story. And I will repeat everything I said because I have no idea where I dropped out. And it's going to be repetitive for some of you. In large part, because I got to reemphasize this. Spare me the hate mail. Just, Just spare me the hate mail for a few moments. As I have told you guys so ad nauseum, you're now bored of me telling you, we're in the seasonal cyclical polling bounce for Democrats. So the Democrats have announced a plan. The White House will announce it on Wednesday. $10,000 in student loan debt forgiveness for individuals who earn less than $125,000. In addition to the baseline of student loan debt forgiveness for individuals who fall under a certain income level, administration officials have also recently discussed the possibility of additional forgiveness for specific subsets of the population, according to sources familiar with the internal discussions in the administration. Now, this is the White House. Looking at the bounce, you've had all of these headlines over the last week or two saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the, the, the wind is at Biden's back now. I mean, you suddenly have the, the Titanic theme song played in the background. And yes, there is an iceberg ahead for the Democrats. There is absolutely fundamentally an iceberg ahead for the Democrats. They don't even realize the problem that's coming for them, and it's not going to go well for them. The reason it's not going to go well for them is the economy. But on top of that, let's just think about this. And and by the way, feel free to chime in on the student loan thing, 877-973-7425. Here's the, the, the situation. They're going to pay off only $10,000 for people who make less than $125,000, which means they're probably going to target young people because they're trying to boost young voter turnout in November. They have abortion. They think they can turn it out on that. They think they can turn it out on this. The problem is it's probably unconstitutional because Congress appropriated the money. The White House doesn't have the authority. And in fact, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have both previously said that you can't do this, that the president himself cannot unilaterally forgive student loan debt. But they're going to try it anyway so they can blame the courts and maybe motivate further young people to take them uh, to the polls and motivate them, claiming that they can undo this by packing the Supreme Court, which they will not be able to do because the Republicans are going to take back the House even if they don't take back the Senate. We'll get to that in a minute. We know for certain now the Republicans are going to win in November in the House as long as people turn out and vote. I'll explain. But there's something else here. Who's going to be furious about this? First of all, you should know progressives are furious today. Uh, Nina Turner is the uh, black progressive activist in Ohio that Joe Biden convinced the moderates to go out and beat. She was running for the Congress. She lost. And she's out screaming that this is racism. Why? Because the average white kid has $12,000 in student loan debt and the average black kid has $52,000 in student loan debt. Therefore, by getting rid of $10,000 of that student loan debt, he's perpetuating systemic racism. I'm not making that up. She says the NAACP will feel betrayed by a $10,000 debt forgiveness program because it doesn't benefit black Americans. Now, if you go back to this key language here, 
In addition to the baseline of student loan debt forgiveness for individuals, administration officials have discussed the possibility of additional forgiveness for specific subsets of the population. That could be, well, we're going to forgive more for black students, except that would be unconstitutional. You can't pick and choose among the races. But step back even further. Step back even further. You know who's going to be furious about this? First, the people who did not go to college, the blue-collar workers, the black, Hispanic, and white working class who don't have college degrees, who have successful businesses, who are struggling to make ends meet right now, who are paying off their loans for their tractors and their vans and their equipment, their tools. They're going to be furious that they've got to subsidize some white, woke, progressive student loans because that kid couldn't go out and find a job with a degree in puppetry arts or women and gender studies. Why should an electrician or a farmer bail out a kid who got a degree in women and gender studies and can't find a job to pay back their student loan? And the left will say, well, it's not your money. It's just a debt forgiveness from the student from the federal government. That clearly shows the progressives don't understand the way this works. And the farmers and the janitors and the electricians and the carpenters, they do. They understand it. But wait, there's more. You know who else is going to be just furious about this? The people who got student loans and paid them back because they get nothing. So they got a job, and they paid their loans back. They did what they needed to do, and they're furious now. They're furious because they did what they needed to do. They did the hard work. And Biden is going to forgive $10,000 in debt, and he's not going to make it retroactive. You're not getting a $10,000 tax credit. You're not getting a $10,000 deduction. You're not getting jack. Therein lies the problem. This placates a small portion of the Democratic base least likely to turn out even when you give them goodies and alienates a whole host of American hardworking Americans who are already struggling in the American economy, who see this as a handout of taxpayer dollars to incentivize people going to vote, and it may not even be constitutional. Biden is leading with the progressives. He's giving the progressives what they want. He is giving progressives Everything that they want, everything they need, he's giving progressives some way to motivate their base, except the progressives are furious because it's not enough. It's only $10,000. They wanted fifty. It's a boneheaded move by a Democratic administration buoyed by fake polling. I shouldn't say fake polling, by bad polling, seasonal cyclical polling delusions for the Democrats. They always get this bounce, and the media always interprets it as everything's headed their way. In 2014, in August, mid-August, the Democrats surged into the lead in the generic ballot. And the media headlines were an echo of happening right now. Barack Obama's in the lead. Barack Obama has the wind in his back. Barack Obama sorted it out. Barack Obama figured out how to get, make good governance. Barack Obama is moving forward, working. Barack Obama has made the country work again. Barack Obama and the Democrats are getting things done. And then you got past Labor Day, and Democratic polling cratered 
by November of 2014, the Republicans were ahead five points in the generic ballot polling average. And if you add up the, all what they actually won, they won by like seven points nationally. The Democrats have been deluded by believing their own press. They think this is a good idea. But the messaging, the messaging is so important for the GOP. Don't focus on Trump and Liz Cheney right now. Focus on this. You people who did what the hard work to pay off your debts, you people who didn't go to college, you're now on the hook for people who got puppetry art degrees and couldn't find a job. You're now on the hook for $10,000 of someone else's loans that they obligated themselves to take, and now Joe Biden is going to get rid of for them just so they will go vote Democrat. Joe Biden is gaming the debt of Americans to get votes, and he's putting you hardworking taxpayers who did everything right and are struggling against those who did everything wrong, and he's bailing them out. It's two Americas, the white, woke, rich kids who got student loans and now can't pay them off, and the hardworking, working-class Americans who've done everything right and are falling behind because of Joe Biden's economy. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California key. You will feel the difference, and they're 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I'll leave names out of this. A friend of mine texted me said he and his wife paid off $37,000 in two and a half years of his wife's student loans when they first got married. $37,000. And now, because they are taxpaying American citizens, they're going to have to pay off other people's student loans. Now, I know the left likes to say, well, that's not the way it works, but that is the way it works. The federal government paid a college whose money... Did the federal government use all that money comes from you, the American taxpayer? They didn't just, I mean, yes, they print the money, but it ultimately comes from you. You are responsible for that money. And so to now tell the students, you don't have to pay us back that plus the interest of the money we advanced to your college. They're essentially telling these people that the taxpayers are on the hook for it. You are on the hook for their debts that they obligated themselves for. It's absolutely infuriating. Uh, Let's go back to the phones here. Yeah, I've got time. Brad, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing, man? We love your show. Thank you. 
Uh, I just had to share with you. My daughter just started her freshman year at a university here in Georgia, and she's blessed with some athletic scholarship money and academic money, but it, it's not a full ride. Financial aid actually promoted the fact that we should borrow the money because more than likely we would never have to pay it back. And I was like, absolutely not. We, we, we're not rich by any means, but we plan for this. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can afford, we may have to eat a little ramen noodles once in a while, but we can afford to do this. But they actually promoted the premise, borrow the money. Right. You're probably not going to have to pay it back. Yeah, and I was flabbergasted. It, it, it's, it's infuriating that they would do this. And, and here's the problem, Brad, is it creates moral hazard. When Kelly Leffler was in the Senate, she and I talked about this with all the government bailouts of Wall Street. If they know you're going to bail them out, they make riskier bets because they know that you are going, you, the taxpayer, will bail them out. And so it'll be you on the hook, not really them, and they won't have any repercussions. If you bail out student loans, you create moral hazard where more students take out bigger loans and colleges raise the cost of tuition. Remember, tuition costs have gone up higher than almost anything in this country, exceeding inflation. And they're going to raise them up even more because the federal government will give more loans and students will take riskier loans knowing that, again, there will be another cyclical bailout once this goes down the road. It is horrible, horrible government policy. If you're a progressive, you think it's a good thing, but we're at, what, almost $30 trillion in national debt. We've got interest rates going up. We've got inflation going up. We can't meet the payments to meet the national debt at this point without cutting the budget or raising taxes, which we don't want to do inside a recession. This is a terrible, terrible policy for the Biden administration to implement. And the only reason they're doing it is because they think that they can get young people to vote for them in November on a student loan bailout that will just incentivize more hazards, more risk. It's just terrible. Oh, and a, um, Emailer just said, don't forget the people who lost homes and businesses during the Great Recession uh, who didn't take out bad debt. And now they're watching the government uh, bail out big businesses who did a lot of bad things. And now students who took out loans for puppetry arts degrees. So we had a technical glitch at the beginning of the program. uh, And we scrambled around and we got it fixed. But I'm aware some of you at the beginning, you everything got cut off that I was saying. So I want to re-summarize some of what I was saying about the student loan stuff before I move on to other things. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. If you previously paid off a student loan, thus far what we know under this plan is you will get no credit, you will get no deduction, you will get no benefit, you will pay for the loans of other people, and you yourself We'll get an attaboy from the government for doing the right thing yourself. That's it, which is going to infuriate. I'm I'm getting text messages from a lot of friends who paid off their student loans over a lot of time. Uh, Here's another one from another friend. When I graduated from high school, my dad said he'd pay my college if I stayed in Georgia, but wouldn't pay if I moved. When I graduated, I had about $30,000 in debt, paid it off in about three years by myself. 
Another one. I had an ex-employee who took out over $150,000 for online degrees. She hopes they all get canceled, and she wants uh, guaranteed income to be provided from the government. Um, you're, Yeah, they're never going to be happy. They're never going to be happy. If you do this, it's just going to set it up for more people in the future to want bailouts of some kind from the federal government when we have less and less money to be able to do these sorts of things. Uh, The progressive left never learns. They have no sense of history because everything is always new and they're going to bankrupt all of us. Meanwhile, Uh, We're going to do another $3 billion arms package to Ukraine in addition to $750 million we gave them last week. Um, This is remarkable, the amount of spending happening. By the way, remember, it's all the spending that's caused inflation. Remember, all the spending has caused inflation, and we're going to spend even more. Remarkable. Now. Now. I got to move on to a somewhat difficult topic, and I want to do it right now while I have most of you listening. I got an email yesterday from a lady named Joetta, Joe. She actually put um, the um, subject line as Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which really didn't have a lot to do with um, with her email. I'll, I'll begin with, uh, first I want to say, I was a never-Trumper up until about two weeks before the election, then I changed my mind and have been a Trump girl ever since. My husband served in the honor guard of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, then a Nevada Highway Patrol officer. My son-in-law is an Air Force KC-135 pilot. My stepdad did two tours in Vietnam, so the military runs deep in us. Rush was and still is loved in our home, and my daughters and grandchildren are all Rush babies. We miss him every day. I want you to know why I no longer listen to you. You used Rush's skirt tails— to for your own benefit, when anyone who has listened to Rush over the last 30 years uh, know how Rush would 100% support our great president rallying against Mitch and the rest of the Rhino Brigade. Now, this is what set her off. Yesterday, I said how much money Mitch McConnell had given to Ohio uh, JD and Trump had given uh, zero. While everyone likes to think of Trump supporters as not very bright. None of us believe half of what you say. What about all the social media that President Trump masters for each of his candidates? What about the rallies that are held? The time and effort that goes into all the publicity that these candidates want and get from our great president. He works tirelessly for them every day. The time and energy he has. Where is Mitch to stump for any of these candidates? He's just as dirty as the rest of the Dems and Republicans whose children have had ties with China and other countries and became millionaires because they were oh so smart. I also 100% blame you, she's talking about me, for the loss of Georgia, not President Trump. I was an everyday listener back then. I didn't research our candidates, but just went with who you said we should vote for. They turn out to be the worst candidates ever. Kelly was absolutely horrible. Her debates were a disgrace. Our candidates lost, not our president. And then skip down to the bottom. You do a good job of giving your opinion. The difference is when Rush spoke for three hours a day, he spoke the truth, not his truth. I'm sad that you got his spot because we need a true patriot. We needed another Rush. 
Sad to know there will never be another rush. You could never replace him. I have taken enough of your time. I hope this email isn't thrown out. I hope you understand I speak for many. Now, that's all well and good. And that's fine. But one of the things she says is that uh, when Rush spoke, he spoke the truth, not his truth. So let me revisit the points that she made. Because she takes issue with me talking about Donald Trump not giving anything to J.D. Vance. And if she listened, I was talking about after the primary. He did a rally for J.D. Vance. His campaign gave $5,000 to J.D. Vance. His campaign has spent zero for Vance since he got the nomination. Mitch McConnell has spent $25 million. She says, uh, what about the social media that President Trump masters for each of his candidates? He's banned from Twitter. He's banned from Facebook. He's banned from all these platforms. He's got Truth Social. That's it. And they don't have a massive following on Truth Social. So how exactly has he mastered social media when he's been banned from every major social media platform in the country? But then she also says this, I blame you for the loss of Georgia, not President Trump. I was an everyday listener back then. I didn't research our candidates, but which you said who you said to vote for, they were the worst candidates ever. Kelly was absolutely horrible. David Perdue was the incumbent United States senator. I didn't pick him. He was the existing United States senator. Kelly Leffler was put there by the governor of the state of Georgia, not me. I never met the woman. She became a U.S. senator. I didn't tell anyone to vote for her other than vote for the Republicans over Warnock and Ossoff. I didn't tell anyone that uh, she should be the nominee, and yet she seems to think that I had this power to pick David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler and other candidates. I I wish I was that powerful, but I'm not. So she says that Rush spoke truth, and not just his truth, but the truth, and yet here I've spoken the truth, and she is convinced that what is actually the truth Mitch McConnell spent $25 million in Ohio so far in the general election. Donald Trump's super PAC has spent zero for J.D. Vance in Ohio. They are coming in with some money, you should know, but thus far, zero. McConnell spent $25 million so far. He spent about $13 million in Georgia. The Trump super PAC spent zero in Georgia. I don't defend Mitch McConnell. I'm a critic of Mitch McConnell, and I have been, but I'm telling you the truth. And Joetta, Joe, thinks that I'm telling my truth, not the truth. And she thinks that uh, I don't think she's very bright. Well, she's right on that point. I don't think she's very bright if she could conclude these things. I love how you talk about President Trump and the things he says. Then you use words like stupid and idiot on your show. But she doesn't listen. But yet she knows these things. I I should use them in reference to her email. I'm not trying to be nasty here to Joe. But when she emails and says that uh, I don't speak the truth, I just give my opinion and, and mean it as truth. She's actually giving her opinion. So how do you relate to people like this? There are a couple of things here. And I I, I use this segment very specifically. I don't intend to belittle her, though I realize I am, because, I mean, when she starts saying I'm not giving her the truth and then she's got all the basic, I mean, basic, like easily discernible facts wrong. There are a few things here that have to be said. One is this is someone looking for someone to blame. This is someone looking for someone to blame. And so she says she 100% blames me for the loss of Georgia. 
She's looking for someone to blame. She understands that there is an elite of people in the country who are profiting off the country and really don't care that China is coming to power. They think they'll profit off that as well. But she lacks the ability to discern who are the good guys and who are the bad guys and decides if you tell her what she wants to hear, you're the good guy. The problem here is, as we always see, there are a lot of people in politics who will tell you exactly what you think and they're taking advantage of you. If anything, that sort of people has fostered the cynicism of people like Joetta. So my job isn't here to pat her on the head and tell her, at a girl, thank you for the kind words and, and, and I will speak truth. My job should be to tell her this actually is the truth and you may not like it, but it's not my truth. It actually is the truth. And you've become deluded because you become angry. You become bitter at the country. You think that you have no control over your destiny at this point. You're clearly patriots. Your whole family served in the military and you need someone to blame. So you're blaming the guy you've never met on the radio for the fortunes of yourself and your nation. And you're convinced he's not telling you the truth. Because it's not what you believe. Now, I will say one more thing. Uh, unlike Joet, I actually was a friend of Rush Limbaugh's. There was no skirt tales. I actually got a job in radio before I ever filled in for Rush Limbaugh. He was actually a personal friend of mine and helped me in my career. And I guess she thinks it would get under my skin to bring him up and compare him to me. But actually, if you know the story... He was very clear to me that I would never be him, and I do my own thing. And if she's looking for someone to do a poor impression of him, there are plenty of people on talk radio who will give you a bad impression of Rush Limbaugh doing what they think he would do in order to lure in people like Joetta who don't actually share her values but pretend to on radio and therefore can ultimately take advantage of her. My job is not to take advantage of any of you on the radio. It's to try to help you discern what's going on in Washington and the world, to give you the actual facts and the actual truth and tell you what I think about it. But if you think I am somehow to blame for your lot in life or the fortunes of others, you probably need to take a time out from politics because it sounds like you've made it an idol and you may need to stop. Your reverence for our president, he's the former president now. He's not the current president. That suggests idol worship. And I would just caution you all that when you go down that road and you make politics and personalities within politics your idols, you're going to be disappointed. And you ultimately try to find everything to blame but the idol until one day you conclude it is the idol. And then you become deeply, deeply disaffected by the process. And that's bad for your soul. It's bad for your soul. We see this with the Democrats right now, with this student loan thing. The Democrats are convinced that in some way it will meaningfully improve everyone's lot in life. And not only that, that everyone will thank the Democrats for doing it. They can't even fathom that there is a segment of the American population furious with a student loan bailout because they, like so many people, and I suspect like Joetta here in her email, have surrounded themselves with other people who believe and think the same way, 
and anyone who disagrees with them is the bad guy. And in that process, they've lost the ability to discern the people who are actually trying to be knowledgeable, helpful, and give them information versus the people who tell them what they want to hear but are deeply, deeply cynical and deeply, deeply disdainful behind the scenes of their values. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard from pro-lifers in America who go to Washington, D.C., and in Washington, D.C., they're head padded by Republican members of Congress, particularly senators, and told how pro-life the senators are and behind the scenes do everything to make sure no pro-life votes come to the floor. And yet these are the politicians that so many people in America love as the pro-life champions when behind the scenes they find pro-lifers to be disdainful. The progressives are headed down this road, too. But so many of their politicians actually are true believers. They'll run themselves off a cliff far sooner than the Republicans ever will. Now, we got to move on. Before we do, the Democrats, because they're wrecking the economy, might, just might, need you to think about protecting your retirement savings. And you can do so if you've got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, whatever your retirement plan is, you can do it with precious metals, particularly gold and silver. You can balance the ebbs and flows of your retirement, of inflation, of the stock market crashes. You can call my friends at GoldCo, 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit. Learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at GoldCo. Find out how you qualify for the special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans. 855-904-5933. Or, better yet, just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text that to 33777. I'll send you back their number. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on this year program, happy to have you. I know a lot of people have questions about the student loan situation. Uh, You're more than welcome to call in about the student loan situation. Tom, I want to go to you next. Tom, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Thank you, Eric. A pleasure, as always. Uh, just want to make a couple of comments on your uh, email. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you saying just about a week or two weeks ago that uh, they will tell you what you want to hear. And that stayed with me. And then also, um, I have learned to wean myself off Fox News because of those types of issues. And also, um, a real good education was, education was when you explained about the Constitution of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a former resident. I voted for Donald Trump uh, both times in Georgia. And uh, I actually, my wife and I were one of the few people that voted for Kelly Loeffler and uh, David Perdue. And then the other thing that really, going back a ways, is... Uh, your explanation of how the Dropbox idea was Trump's people and explaining that was really eye-opening. Yeah, That's all I wanted well, to say. Well, listen, here. Tom, I, I appreciate you. that. Uh, and, and I don't know that people understand the Dropbox one in particular. You know, so the Department of Homeland Security, when President Trump was in office during COVID, came up with ideas to conduct an election 
And one of those things was drop boxes. They suggested drop boxes as part of the emergency protocol to deal with the election and absentee ballots and people flooding boards of elections. And it was just one of those cut off your nose to spike your nations. I'm not an advocate of drop boxes. I think drop boxes are bad. I don't like the aspect of Georgia's law that they have any of them. Uh, and the left now is like, oh, drop boxes, drop boxes, as if we've ever had them before. Uh, no state has used drop boxes before the pandemic. And it was bureaucrats within the Trump administration who came up with the idea. And it was weaponized against President Trump. Now, I don't buy into the the 2000 mules thing. I've seen the documentary. I have. I think it's a lot of well-packaged BS. I mean, many of the people that they put on cameras dropping off boxes or dropping off packs of ballots, they've already been found and they actually had legit explanations for what they were doing uh, from either uh, nursing home workers or parents dropping off extended family ballots and things like that that they could do. But I don't think drop boxes are a good idea. But, you know, the facts really do matter because we're in a postmodern society. We're in a post-truth society. And a post-truth society is a society where emotions matter more than data. Emotions matter more than facts. And you and I should resist the temptation to make emotional arguments devoid of substance. And so many people are making emotional arguments. They're getting you on their side And then they're betraying you and abusing your trust because you think they're one of us and they're really not, but you like what they're saying because it comports to what you believe, whether it's true or not, and your discernment breaks down. It's a real problem. But I think the GOP wave is coming, and I want to talk about that when we come back.